Welcome to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Mary Lessman, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is discipleship. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 to 35. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus had just then cured many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and had given sight to many who were blind. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who put on fine clothing and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people who heard this, including the tax collectors, acknowledged the justice of God, because they had been baptized with John's baptism. But by refusing to be baptized by him, the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves. To what then will I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Here ends the reading. Many years ago, Russ and I drove to Houston for a family funeral. As we entered the narthex of the church, we ran into a couple of Russ's cousins. They greeted us with hugs and kind words. Then one of them made a joke about what I cannot even recall, and we laughed gently. Several family members already seated in the pews turned and looked darts at us. Clearly, we had broken the unspoken rule that you are only allowed to express sadness at a funeral, even as you greet loved ones who you haven't seen in years. This is not just true of funeral etiquette, but generally for Christianity as well. Many folks have an image of what appropriate Christian behavior is and become quite uncomfortable with those of us who don't stay within the lines. Stereotypically, 
Christians are always nice, always positive, and always self-sacrificing. They don't drink or curse or watch dark movies. They're not too loud and they're not too fun. In case we're under the illusion that this taking Christians to task for their behavior is a recent development, today's passage from Luke suggests otherwise. Jesus, reflecting on John the Baptist, begins to question the crowd. Who do you say that he is? Why did you come out of town and into the wilderness to hear what he had to say? You did it, Jesus says, because John the Baptist was a prophet of God. But then Jesus pivots to this expectation of behavior. How do we expect one sent from God to behave? He says, John came fasting and abstaining, and people said he had a demon. I come eating and drinking, and people say, look, a glutton and drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. It appears that Jesus is making the point that you just can't win. You can appear all buttoned up and penitential and ascetic, and you'll be judged. You can appear happy and celebratory and a lover of life, and you'll be judged. We could toss this off as just the way things are. But the issue shows up in another more concerning, more significant way. At the beginning of our passage, John the Baptist has sent a couple of his disciples to question Jesus. John, who recognized Jesus' identity from within the womb, who proclaimed the coming of the Messiah to all who would listen, John seems to have lost his patience with Jesus. And so he asks, Are you really the one who is to come? Because, like most Jews of his day, John was looking for a Messiah who would turn the social and political realities on their head. He was looking for a military Messiah who would bring down Rome and return Israel to her previous glory. He was looking for a powerful Messiah who would move the Jews from their poor and destitute existence as subjects of Rome to having agency and freedom over their lives. What Jesus has been doing is miraculous, but it isn't enough. So John asks the question, should we be looking elsewhere? This doesn't look like the kingdom of heaven. It still looks like the kingdom of Rome. John's preconceived notions of what the Messiah should look like clouds his vision. He cannot see the abundant action of God happening right before him. Jesus had to have been disheartened by John's lack of understanding. Tell John what you have seen and heard, he says. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. And, he says, blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. When do we miss the miraculous happening right before our eyes because our expectations limit our imagination? In what ways do our convictions about how God should work in the world lead to disappointment with God, with others, and with ourselves? As disciples of Jesus, we need to know that one size does not fit all. Each of us in our particularity is called by God to work on ourselves and in his world. It is not my place to judge how that is supposed to look for you. 
it is not your place to judge how that is supposed to look for me. Let us celebrate the diversity of behavior among we who are followers of Jesus. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense. Amen. And now let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Mm-hmm.